Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Mount West Hoops Insider, we are back. We got the, the background kind of gives it away. We have the head coach with this background representing. And, uh, yeah, they're our team of the week. He doesn't know that yet, but Eli uh, and I selected them as team of the week. They have three monster wins. Uh, we're going to talk all about it, so we'll bring them right in. Coach Linder, what up? Good to see you guys. Like the background. Not too yeah, bad, right? Stepping, you guys are stepping your game up, man. man. It's like a real production. I know we're stepping our game up. We got you in the hot seat now, too. That's that's the, that's another part of production. Um, I don't even know where to start, Coach. You guys are almost top twenty-five. I, my understanding is you were the first team receiving votes outside of the top twenty-five. I don't know if you saw it the same way, but um, great news, great week. I guess just open the door and just say, what do you think about this last week and wins over Colorado State, who's been pre, who's preseason team of the year? You have the first place team in Boise State who was undefeated, and then Fresno, who's top fifty-five in the net and a really good opponent and has one of the best players in the country in Orlando Robinson. Talk about this week, Coach. Well, I mean, really, it started you know before before Colorado State when we had to go to Air Force, which yeah. Um, had a game winner in that game. It's a really hard place to play. And, um, man, I mean, there's just been so many so many games in this league that have been one-possession games. I mean, all the games you're looking at, even yesterday with San Diego State and Nevada going down to the wire. And um, to be able to get, get through that game and then be able to put ourselves in a situation where, you know, the Colorado State game is a, is a big, big deal around these parts of the parts of the country. And uh, the border war, as it's known, I mean, it was – back like the old days. I mean, to have the double A rocking like it was to have that type of atmosphere and, and for us to find a way to win that game. And um, thankfully, you know, for somehow, some way, Roddy missed that last free throw, which I wasn't expecting. And for our guys just to, you know, stick, stick together and, and find a way to just, you know, win that game. And that's kind of been us all year is that we have a, we got a lot of resiliency. We got a, a really 
a really together group and coaches always want a together group and talk about a together group. But I'm not sure if there's how many teams are really that together. And uh, we got a, a really tight together team. And, um, and that maturity allows us on these quick turnarounds um, to, to really understand what we're trying to do scouting wise. Um, this COVID schedule makes it hard. And, um, you know, and our focus was really, is, is, you know, it's been so much on the other team, especially the first time around in conference. And then now, you know, before the Boise game, after we won beat CSU, I mean, I, I thought that from a turnover standpoint, empty possessions, we were starting to have a little bit too many. We were maybe focusing a little bit too much on the other team and we were starting to slip in from an offensive standpoint. So we, we practiced for a solid, probably an hour and a half to an hour, 45 minutes where we got up and down probably about 70 possessions uh, to where we could just, you know, we focused on us and, and especially the way we play with EK and, and Maldonado in the, in the post and the dribble downs and, and just, you know, for them to feel bodies, to feel, to feel doubles. And, and, the, and just, I thought that really helped us in the Boise game and then moving forward against Fresno. Yeah. I'll ask one more and then kick it over to Eli. Uh, Coach, this program, a lot of people talk about, obviously Marcus Williams was here. He's freshman of the year. He leaves. No one really expected you guys to be where you are. But obviously on the inside, you guys knew what you had. Can you talk about some of the adjustments? Obviously there's an emergence of two players in particular, the highest scoring duo in the country, uh, Graham E.K., who only played half the year last year and is playing at an all-conference level. And then uh, Hunter Maldonado just named player of the week for the third time uh, is now your point guard. Can you talk a little bit about those adjustments from a coaching standpoint and those two players? Well, on the inside, I mean, we, we felt like even though if you lose a player, the, the caliber of Marcus and, you know, wished him nothing the best moving forward. But, you know, we felt like, uh, you know, with the guys we had coming back and especially down the stretch there, I mean, Ducell, uh, Graham, I mean, they were probably playing as, you know, that last month, I mean, they were playing better than Marcus was. And I knew how special Graham was. I mean, for him not to be able to do anything for basically a year, not to be able to practice for him to basically jump in the middle of January with nothing and to do what he did. Um, you know, I knew that he was going to, especially once things with COVID died down a little bit and where he actually had a real off season, I knew that, um, you know, he was going to take a big, big jump to being one of the best bigs in the country. And, and the thing about him is that not just from an offensive standpoint, but defensively, he just makes us so much better with his ability to guard one-on-one -on -one the post, um, his ability to to understand all kinds of different coverages, not just the coverages that you know we're in, but depending on personnel, what we're doing. I mean, he's just got a super, super high IQ. And that's that's with our team. I mean, you had Maldo to mix, who's a double, you know, double major, econ finance, who's crazy smart. Um you know, our team, our team intellect, you know, really helps us out. And I knew that was going to be a big step moving forward. And uh, we just don't make a lot of mistakes. And then ultimately you got to change the way you play based off your personnel and putting your best players in the best situations possible. And uh, Maldo last year, we, you know, he was kind of the point forward, even though he wasn't the point, you know, a lot of times we just swung the ball through him and then got into a lot of the situations that we do now. But uh, I just felt like with him and his ability to pass at his size, and then you got to adjust based off of what he does well. And he's really good posting up and he's really good passing out of it. So now you got a two headed monster between him and EK. And um, it's kind of like a little bit of the old school 80s basketball, a little bit of, you know, back you down like Mark Jackson, Gary Payton, Charles Barkley. Um, and then you got, you know, Graham who just, you know, warrants so much attention. And 
Um, you know, Maldo's been great. Uh, you know, player of the you know, week three times, but you know, Graham and, and just how much attention he draws in terms of double teams. I mean, it just makes the game um, a lot easier on those guys on the perimeter and creates so many open shots because the teams want to double. I mean, both those guys are going to make you pay. So, Coach, you took over at Wyoming after the Cowboys had a, a rough season, and there were still a lot of talented players on this roster, including Maldonado, who already at that point was a fixture in this conference. What what would you say his perspective was like when you took over this program? Do you think that there was convincing for him to stay, or was he just embedded in making this program what it is today? Um, and Hunter Thompson being in the same situation what was that takeover like for you, and how did the players respond to it at the time? Having played uh, against the Cowboys three times while I was at UNC the previous three years and, and having come up here and beat them all three times, I mean, I had a pretty good understanding of what their roster was and who I wanted to keep and didn't want to keep many. Um, but, you know, those guys that I did keep, uh, you, know, I, you know, had to go and convince them because, you know, they didn't owe me anything. They didn't really, you know, know me. And so, I mean, I had to kind of, hopefully, you know, have them trust me that the vision that I have for them individually and us as a program, um, you know, could convince them to stay, especially when you're talking about, you know, when I got the job, I mean, that was right at the start of the the craziness of COVID. And so to, to be able to, to keep the core group of guys and then to be able to add the players that we added, I mean, it was almost a miracle. And then from there, you know, Maldo's a guy that just really, he bleeds brown and gold, and, and he wants to leave a legacy here at the University of Wyoming. And, um, you know, and thankfully, I mean, he, he's put in a lot of work and puts in a lot of work behind the scenes. And it's just it's good to see him get rewarded by that, not just from a, you know, from a team standpoint, but also from an individual accolade standpoint. What's allowed this team to take such a sizable leap on the defensive end? Last year, being 301st in defensive efficiency, now it's all the way up in the top 100. That's one of the largest leaps in the nation. What's what? Do, what would you say has gone into that? Well, one, the ability to actually be able to practice. I mean, with COVID, I mean, we had, I mean, there was we never had an opportunity to practice, and we had probably I think the fifth or sixth youngest team in the country, and we were starting um, a lot of freshmen, and um, and it's hard. I mean, in this day and age in college basketball, I mean, you want to be old and. The, you know, that experience and, and being in different you know situations and, and the number of possessions you played in, I mean, that ultimately allows you to be better defensively. And so the youth, COVID, I mean, those would be the excuses, but we knew we had to take a, a big step in the right direction. But when you, you know, you change the roster like the way we did and, and you, add, you know, you put Maldo at the point, you know, you got Ducell Jeffries, you got Wenzel at 6'6", Odin at 6'8", 6'9", and Jeremiah, I mean, he's taking a big step forward and, in a lot of ways, he had to play out of position last year just because with our, our lack of bodies. Um, and that was kind of by design. I didn't want to come in during COVID and bring in 13 new players. I mean, we only had it last year, nine, 10 scholarship players most of the year. And so, um, you know, for those guys, like I said, the length and athleticism, and then you had Graham, I mean, who's 6'10 with a 7'5 wingspan. Um, you know, when we get those guys and we have our, you know, five, six, seven guys on the floor you know, we have, I mean, we're one of the bigger teams in the country across the board. I think Ken Palm has its 11th or 12th tallest team in the country. And so that size and length really helps defensively. As far as this team now still dealing with COVID, but obviously crowds are, are more or less back. And that's obviously the case with Arena Auditorium. Wyoming hasn't lost a home game in over a calendar year now. What is it? 
what is it like coaching in front of these fans? What has the support been like locally? And just after a week like this with some sold out home games, what has that been like for this program? Well, having grown up in, in, you know, the North suburbs of Denver and, and having followed the the Cowboys have, you know, growing up, I mean, I'm, I was still a little young during the real glory, glory days with coach Brandenburg and, and Dembo and Lechner and Bradley and, and, and all those guys. Um, but I do remember just, you know, the support that, you know, the university of Wyoming got. And I also know from having my time at UNC and, and being at power to play in those different places. And when you played the Wyoming teams out, you always knew they were in the gym because you always saw the Brown and gold. And um, it's one of the few places, it's a lot like a Midwest big 10 school where you are the only, you know, the, the state school, you're the only four year school in the, in the state. And uh, there's just a, there's a certain pride and passion that, that goes with the pokes. And, um, you know, I felt like if you could put the right product on the floor, having been in the league as an assistant coach at Wyoming or at Boise, um, you know, when we had played Wyoming with Nance and Adams, uh, when they had won the Mountain West tournament back in 14, 15, that you could see it could be a really special place. And, and, and it's one of those places at the altitude, you know, the trying to get here. I mean, all those things are hard. But then when you add that fan base, and especially for us, the students, I mean, the students have, um, you know, they've really stepped it up and, and it's made it just a, a really neat atmosphere. And hopefully we can continue to build on as, as we continue to grow the program. What, what would you say makes this team special uh, as far as chemistry or leadership on this team? What do you see as maybe like the secret ingredient that's allowed this team to go on such a huge run? Uh, I mean, there's no secret. I mean, there's no secrets. I mean, the, the, se- the secret is, you know, that we show up every day and work. I mean, we don't have any, we don't have any days off and that goes, you know, from the, you know, from one through 15 and, and we don't allow them to have days off and we recruit guys to, that don't want to take days off. And, and we try to eliminate Moody, you know, and on the front end of recruiting guys that show up every day and knowing that it's a long season, but understand what it takes to win. And that's why you also have to recruit programs, you know, recruit guys that come from winning programs. And so that work that, you know, my assistants do that we do behind the scenes in terms of recruiting and finding those right guys and guys that, you know, as, you know, started June 1st, when, guys want to be doing different things. I mean, we're, we're out here working and, and, and playing a lot of five on five and just doing a lot of things that other teams just don't want to do every day. And that's, that's our whole process is just one day at a time. And um, that's our focus right now. You can't look too far ahead. You just got to figure out a way, how do we get better today? And it's cliche, but I mean, there's just so many, so many programs that just are so dysfunctional and um, just got guys that are about the wrong things and um, a lot of selfish selfishness and, um, I think that's ultimately what separates our separates us is is the true character of our team um, that helps us put together days in a row. Coach, the Mountain West, you've been in it before. Uh, you're back in it again. Talk about this year in the Mountain West. People say four teams. Some people think as many as six. Some people say only two. Um, obviously, there's six teams in the top 55 of the net, 56 of the net, I believe, as of this morning. Uh, talk a little bit about the league itself. I think top from bottom, I mean, it's just gotten so much better. I mean, add us to the mix. I mean, a couple of years ago, I mean, we, we were at the bottom. And um, I think Air, Air Force has gotten better. San Jose State's gotten better, even though, I mean, I think they've been, they've been hit by the injury bug and some things like that. But from a talent standpoint, um, but just top to bottom, the league and, and the talent of the players. And having been in the league back in 13 when we got 
you know, I think was it five, five to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think the league is, is probably as deep as it's ever been other, you know, other than that year. And so there's just no, I mean, there's just no nights off. I mean, it's just every game's a grind and hopefully we don't uh, eat ourselves from, from within and, um, hopefully that you know the teams can withstand the the craziness of this schedule. I mean it's it's an NBA schedule, and uh, the difference is I mean these guys aren't NBA players that you know they right. they have to go to class still. I mean my guys still have to you know jump on Zooms or actually go to class. And um, but it's also everybody's going through it, so you can't use it as an excuse, and you just got to continue to find ways um, to get better. But the league overall, I mean it's just. You know, just a lot of good players and a lot of good coaches. Um, and you better you better be ready to go because if not, uh, you're going to get exposed. Yeah, obviously, coach. We talk a lot, and I know we've known each other a long time. And since your JUCO days, uh, you look at Grant McCaslin and what they're doing at North Texas and have done, and obviously, Coach Rice, who you've worked under at Boise. Um, your success is connected to these guys that you work for. What do you think you take away from those guys and, and that's allowed you to be successful? Obviously, you've kind of had an intention to be a head coach and thought like a head coach. Can you talk a little bit, for those that don't know you, a little bit more about your philosophy, your approach to this thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I just I, – I mean, I came up the hard way. I mean, I wasn't wasn't a great player. I mean, I was a good D2 player, but, you know, I've had a – I've had to earn, earn everything I've gotten. And, um, you know, that starts, you know, being at the Division two level – the junior college level, the lower levels of Division One, um, where you don't have to have the best job, and you got to find ways to uh, to try to see things that other people don't see. And um, and, and thankfully, I mean, you know, I've I've got a pretty good eye for talent. And then, um, you know, I, I love the game, and I put a lot of time in it, watch a lot of video, um, study the game every day, and try to find ways to get better and just continue to grow and and been very fortunate to to have been surrounded by and, and, and to have worked for you know really good people. And I think that's the thing in this business sometimes for younger coaches is that, um, you know, you're guilt by association. And there's a lot of guys in this business that don't do it the right way. And for me to align myself with guys that did it the right way. I mean, I think that that's ultimately that's helped me get to the point where I've gotten to. And, and once once I've gotten a program, I've, I've seen, you know, what it takes to what it takes to win and, and how to win the right way. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. Probably the thing I'm most proud of is that, you know, the places that I've been, um, you know, that when we've gotten there, they, they haven't been very good. There's a reason why we got the jobs there, but, you know, we also made those jobs a lot better. And, 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 and as an assistant coach, my job was to make sure I made the head coach look as good as possible and make sure that he wins games and make sure that he gets the next contract and the next job. And knowing that if, if I did that, then it would take care of itself. And, um, so many guys nowadays, I mean, they're just, you know, they just want the money. And, and that's where I tell my guys, like, don't, don't come talk to me about money, especially in the, in the job interview process. Cause you know, I know what it's like to have two kids and make $25,000 a year. And right. I walk past a coupon and, you know, I got to use subway stamps to make sure that, you know, we can, you know, maybe save a few dollars here and there. And, um, and those are the guys that ultimately make it eventually just like tell my players, I mean, as a coach, as a player, you're eventually going to get exposed. Um, if you're not doing the things that you need to do on a daily basis. And then if you're looking for shortcuts, um, eventually it's going to catch up to you as well. And so 
Uh, thankfully for me, it's it's been a long road, but I was prepared for the opportunity because of the guys that I worked for and, and the, the people that I look to, you know, in terms of mentors. Um, and they've helped me put myself in this position to do it. And hopefully I could help, you know, other coaches, um, you know, that are walking in my shoes or coming up like I did and uh, help them prepare themselves for when the opportunity comes that they're ready to be a head coach. Eli, let's get one more, and we'll close it out after. Uh, I may have one more after that, but we'll let Eli go next. What What do you see out of this team right now? Maybe where do you want this team to possibly improve or have points of emphasis the the remainder of the season that you're still working on? Well, I mean, it's it's almost the middle of February, so you're not, you know, leopards don't change their spots, and um, we just I just try to remind our guys every day that. You know, not just from a physical standpoint, but from more of a, a mental and emotional standpoint, can we be ready to go? Uh, understanding that the other team's tired too. And just know, don't know at what point in the game, what play in the game, what possession in the game where the other team just decides it's too hard. And um, as opposed to adding more plays or, or doing certain things, can we do the things that we know are important to us? Can we just do those a little bit better? Um, you know, can we find a way to get, you know, in the case of Fresno State where we get 14 offensive rebounds, I mean, those 14 extra possessions are the difference between winning and losing. It's not it's not a matter of adding 14 more tricky plays. It's, can hey, can we be tough enough when that shot goes up? And, you know, we're a team that's around the perimeter. Are you tough enough to go every single time you're supposed to go from 20 to 21 feet and run into the rim knowing that, you know what, more times than not, you're not going to get it. And I think that's the mentality that, that you got to have is you just got to continue to keep doing the little things really well over and over and over again. And that's, that's where winning lies. I got a two part question, coach. The first part is on development. I don't think, you know, people think of you as this offensive coach. Uh, so I'll talk about that next, but the development part of it, you have young guys in this program, DeSalle, J.O., E.K., Wenzel, that have developed so much in a short amount of time from year one to year two, or, or from sitting out to playing um, for EK and Wenzel. So th that's the first part of the question development. And then the other part is, I think there's this concept that coach Linder is this great offensive mind, which I'm not saying that you're not, because I believe that you are, but your teams are a lot grittier, a lot tougher, a lot better on the glass than you're probably giving credit to. So, I guess what would you want people to know about Wyoming basketball from a national standpoint for whoever may see this that maybe they don't know that it's not just like, oh, we're just shooting threes or we have this great offense? Well, the first part from a development standpoint, I mean, you got to hire coaches that um, that want to be in the gym with your, the players. And that's the first thing when I'm hiring coaches. I mean, with Coach Wiggs, Coach DeWeese, Coach V, is their first job, first and foremost, is the players that we have here right now. Yep. And uh, sometimes in a lot of places, they, they just focus on um, the players that they don't have and complain about the players they do have, um, as opposed to getting those players better and knowing that at a place like the University of Wyoming, we're not going to necessarily get a, a four or five star guy. I mean, we're going to have to go find guys and develop those guys. And um, and, and those coaches have to want to be in the gym. And there's a lot of coaches in, in recruiting to talk about player development. But then once you get there, um, you know, they, they're nowhere to be found being in the gym trying to get guys better. I mean, they're, they're sitting in their office or sitting at home and they, they pawn it off to the, you know, to the managers and to the GAs where mm -hmm. my assistant coaches know that, uh, 
you know, when they take this job and they work for me, that first and foremost is we're not going to cheat on our players and you better be in the gym with them, you know, whenever they want to be in the gym, knowing that that's, that's how we're going to get them better. Um, and then, you know, also making sure that when you develop you know, your roster and you recruit to your roster that uh, those guys, you know, you, you're, I mean, we recruit to a certain style. I mean, there's, we have a certain plan. We're not just recruiting guys. We're just recruiting talent. I mean, that's a, there's a, there's a, a method to the madness and, and finding guys that fit the system in the way that we want to play. Um, and so that's, that's where development comes in. And then when you, and you play and ultimately you got to play to develop and uh, the more minutes you play, um, the better off you're going to be. And so that's, that's from a development standpoint, I think, you know, for me, I mean, and that was even kind of when at Boise, I mean, people always were miffed. I think Larry Stacey right. was always miffed by the fact that, you know, our teams at Boise, they can never bully us on the glass when, um, right. you know, when we were at Colorado state and they were the best offensive team in the country, but they would play against us. And we had a lot of success against them is because they couldn't get extra possessions because we were such a good defensive rebounding team. And, um, that's something that, you know, I took from Leon, took from Gonzaga. Gonzaga took from Michigan State, and um, rebounding is a habit. Um, and it's something that you got to coach every day, every possession. Yep. And um, it's not just, hey, go and get the ball. Um, it's just there, there are certain things that go with it. But uh, at the University of Wyoming, I mean, at the University of Northern Colorado, where I was at previously, I mean, we were always elite from a defensive rebounding standpoint. You look at those teams from a defensive standpoint. I mean, we were elite in a lot of areas, number one in the country in terms of taking away the three, three out of four years. Um, you know, so, yeah, I kind of get thrown in this box of being this this offensive guy. But I think for the guys that really know and the coaches that have played against us realize that, you know, how good we are from a defensive standpoint and just doing those little things over and over again. No, I would agree. And I think that the, the rebounding – is a part of defense because you don't give up a lot of second chance opportunities. You know what I mean? Like you talked about with Stacy, same thing now. Uh, even Coach Rice said that you had a little bit of their secret sauce when you played against them because you know how important rebounding is to them. So for you guys, out rebounding both games was really big. So, uh, Coach, we appreciate you taking time. We know you got games to get ready for. You guys have obviously had an NBA like schedule and you play again tomorrow. So, uh, best of luck. Uh, any last words you have, we'll let you have, and then we appreciate you coming. No, I just appreciate you guys reaching out. And um, like I said, I mean, we're for any of those coaches out there that are looking to try to do it the right way, I'm always always available. Coaches sometimes pretend they're more busy than what they really are. Now, I do have four kids, and so that, that does uh, factor into the equation. But uh, just appreciate you guys uh, giving the University of Wyoming and our basketball program a a good platform and hopefully we can just continue to do the things that we're doing. Yep. Good luck the rest of the way, coach. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate Thank it, coach. you guys. All right. Another big time interview, big time coach. We always let Eli break it down. We appreciate coach Linda joining us top team in the mountain West and they've been on fire. So we'll let Eli break it down. Yeah. It's been, as you've seen up close and personal now, it's been a just hugely impressive year for Wyoming basketball to go from what the external preseason expectations were to now being would say the top team in the, in the mountain West by a variety of metrics perspectives. And this team just plays hard. And I think a lot of the expectation was that Wyoming was this kind of run and gun three point oriented offense, but it's a lot of interior presence that this team brings. And we've talked on and on about Graham EK and just the force that he is inside getting into the line uh, scoring around the basket, 
Hunter Maldonado can do it in a variety of ways. He loves to back down, and I just love the way that this offense is set up. And at the same point, like they're up 200 spots nationally in terms of defensive efficiency, so they've really gotten after it on that end, and it's a testament to Linder and his staff and just the way that he's been able to build these programs up. He did the same thing with Northern Colorado. Uh, when they were going through a rough patch, he was able to spark that program and lead into the postseason. He's now doing the same thing with Wyoming, taking over a program that had a really challenging season the year before he got there. And uh, maybe they're not ranked right now, but the fact of the matter is they've got huge wins on their resume now. The metrics like this team quite a bit. And it's just a tough team to compete against because they're just so tough and uh, they know how to score the basketball. They've got really good perimeter shooters, interior presence. It's just a very impressive Wyoming team that I think now in hindsight, we should have seen it come in a little bit more. But now that we're here, the best we can do is shine light on a program that's really been on the uptick the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I didn't ask this. And naturally, I get a lot more exposure to Coach Linder. Uh, I've been blessed to call some of their home games. Uh, on the broadcast, so didn't want to take too much of the time. But I will say uh, I tweeted this this morning, uh, if I can pull up the exact numbers. But it's been really impressive what he has done uh, as a head coach in both of his stops. And I'll say the same thing for uh, Coach Ken DeWeese, who is his assistant, who's been at both stops with him because, you know, it doesn't happen without having great assistance, as Coach said. But uh, what I sent out earlier today was, uh, Coach Linder was higher at UNC, which is Northern Colorado. They won 10 games the year before he got there. Uh, second season in Greeley, which is the city that UNC is in, they went 26 and 12 and won the CIT, I believe it was, um, College Insider Tournament. So then the next year, uh, he goes, or shortly after, he goes to Wyoming, and Wyoming won nine games. Um, the year the year before he got there, uh, they're 254 in Ken Palm. Two years later, uh, they're 19 and three. They're at the top of the Mountain West, and they're top 30 in the net, and they're receiving votes for the top 25. Uh, it's a inc really incredible job when you look at the numbers of it. And the thing I'll say is this team is not just Graham, Ek, and Maldonado, but I think one part that Coach Linder is so great at doing is making sure he plays through those one of those two guys on every possession. And I don't know if everyone has players at that level to do that. Uh, those guys have obviously maxed out their ability and are playing at an elite, elite level. They are the highest scoring duo in the country. Um, Graham Ike is number one in uh, usage in the country. He is also number one in fouls drawn. So these guys are tough. They're physical team. They don't play fast. They don't They don't play a lot of guys. They don't play fast. They play very much in the half court, but they're so physical. They draw fouls. They defend. And uh, I think the last thing I would say, uh, which I could say a lot, but they don't beat themselves. And I think their other players, uh, Jeffries in particular, doesn't get the credit. Um, he is as good as a third scorer as you can find. Um, people say, and I was having a conversation with another college coach uh, who's coaching the league, and he said people call people who can shoot and make an occasional three snipers. They said this kid, Jake Drake Jeffries, is an actual sniper. His ability to make hard threes yeah. 
is really impressive. Um, and they just kind of have the right pieces around them. You know, J.O. is this developing athlete. You have um, Wenzel, who's a, a big guard who can not only just catch and shoot, but can make some plays off the bounce. Um, you also have uh, Xavier Ducell, who is a starter. So you have a, you have six starters essentially in the, on the squad and uh, they just all know their roles. And I think another part he's talked about before is these guys have played so many minutes together that they have an understanding of what everybody's doing. And there's no one trying to fight for, I need to be in this position or that position. So uh, listen to another mountain West coach talk about this team. They said they do as good a job as anybody in the country at defining people's roles and getting them to really excel in those roles, which it's hard to do. And the best two players, you know who they are. And you just know that you're going to have to stop them the whole game. And he's talked about it as well to be able to physically um, kind of over the span of a game, this team gets to the free throw line as much as any team in the mountain West, if not more than because they have two guys that draw so many fouls. So puts a lot of pressure on your defense. You saw people against Boise state foul out. You saw David Roddy foul out. You see guys file out often against this team because they are so physical offensively. So, and they take charges. So they sneak a foul or two in on the other end. So, um, again, I have a lot of time spent watching this team up close and uh, can't say enough about Coach Linder taking the time to come on. And uh, I still think, and I'll end with this Boise, I mean, Boise State is a NCAA tournament team, Colorado State's an NCAA tournament team. San Diego State and Utah State are right there to be tournament teams as well. Um, and obviously, Wyoming, I believe, should be in the top 25 at this point based on the week that they've had. Uh, they do have a trending the, – the, the week the game of the week, without us doing our live show, this is the game of the week, Wyoming versus Utah State. Utah State has won five in a row. Wyoming's won three in a row – or four in a row now. Um and, man, you talk about the two hottest teams in the league. At this point, Utah State's trending upward. So it'll be if, – if, if Wyoming can find a way in that environment at home to win another one against another top 55 team, you can't deny them out of the top 25. And uh, to me, they've kind of solidified themselves as a legitimate at-large shoe-in to get in. So that's my personal opinion. Coach Linder has been a remarkable – Coach DeWeese, as he talked about, Coach Wicks and Coach uh, V also deserve credit. But, man, no, nobody thought this. I went to see them early, and I did think they were going to be better than last year. I did think that. I thought Maldonado at the point was a better move for them in the long run, but there's no way anyone could have saw this coming. No, it's I, – I mean, I saw it up close and personal too when Wyoming came here to Washington and, and – just put together a really impressive performance and EK took over in the end, but I saw EK last season. And it's just, I already saw him as a guy who could be one of those first tier type bigs in this conference, just with the presence that he has. And he has such a great feel despite his size. I mean, most guys of his stature don't have the type of feel that he has right. and the ability to get to the line. Just the way that this team is set up, as, as you said, and you put it really well, that, the opposing teams are going to have to stop either Maldonado or Ike to win because the offense runs through them, whether or not they're actually the ones who are taking the shots. But it's 
it's fascinating to watch this team because both Ike and Maldonado will so often catch the ball off the wing or off the elbow and dribble down into the interior and they have their back turned to the basket. So they've got their eyes on four different shooters out there and all guys who are capable. And so even if a double comes or if the, the defense stands strong in the post, well, EK or Maldonado can easily kick it out to Jake Drake Jeffries, who's one of the most 20 efficient players in all of college basketball. Brendan Wenzel shot the ball really well of late. It's just such a lethal combination. And even if even if they don't take the shots on the perimeter, uh, a pump fake and a drive, and then you can just dump it back into Maldonado EK and then get an easy dunk or layup. So, yep. And that's only on one side of the basketball. They've improved so much defensively as well. And it's a team that is just composed so well with kind of their, their parts and the roles that you said that were defined. And um, wasn't expecting this team to be this good, obviously. I thought that they would still be able to be in that middle tier of the conference. But I think losing a freshman of the year in this conference and continuing to be on the uptick now, assuming that they go 2-0 this week, they will be in the top 25. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. But in the end, top 25 is just a number. I think the wins that they have in their schedule and um, their likelihood of getting to the tournament is as high as it's ever been. And it's a team that just keeps plugging along. Yeah, and we keep talking about the top 25 in the tournament, but I also think <clears throat> they've already split with Boise, who they're shared more or less first place with. Uh, this team can win the regular season. This team can also win the tournament. So it's not like they have to only go based on an at-large bid or not having a championship under their belt. This is a championship-level team because they have two 20-point scores, the highest duo in the country. Maldonado actually leads this, leads the conference in assists. EK is in the top three in rebounding. I mean, you talk about just two elite-level players, and then you put role players around them. I mean, I think that's the formula at all levels to be able to win. So uh, excited for Coach to join us. Excited to shine some light on the pokes. Uh, shocked everybody, uh, and they are still continuing to do so. So thanks for joining us, and we will. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.